1: today
0: this is episode 11 of the bowery boys the chrysler building
1: hey it's the bowery boys
0: hey bowery boys is brought to you by euro cheapo, euro cheapo editors personally visit and review the best budget hotels in europe Now with hotels in New York City. On the web at eurocheapo.com. Hello, and welcome to the Bowery Boys. My name is Tom Myers. And this is Greg Young. And we're the Bowery Boys, and this is episode 11. Yes,
1: thanks for joining us. And we have a very exciting episode. Uh, The jewel in the crown of the New York skyline, essentially. The Chrysler Building. I Uh, think this is our most glamorous topic yet. Oh, I mean... It just, it rings with jazz music mm. and champagne. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, it really is one of the most spectacular buildings ever made. I think I'm not I'm not over-speaking there, am I? No, I
0: don't think so. Well, you're not over-speaking to me. <laughs> it's inspiring. I mean, you see the... The light gleaming off of that top.
1: Well, it's it's just because if most New Yorkers, if you were to ask them what their fam- favorite building is, I would say most most people would say the Chrysler Building, and if they didn't, you know, they still wouldn't speak very bad of it. For some reason, it just holds a special place in New Yorkers' hearts.
0: So we're happy that you're joining us today as we explore the backstory of the Chrysler Building. <laughs>
1: After that rather jaunty jazz number, that was ja- who was that? That was the uh, Benny Goodman. Uh- Quartet orchestra. Mm. I don't know what he recorded, but puts it's you in the mood, you know. Moon glow, and probably in every Woody Allen movie ever made. Why don't you tell us a little bit? Get us started, warm us up with the, a little bit about the basics of the Chrysler Building for the those who basic, don't
0: know. The fundamental facts mm-hmm. of the Chrysler Building. Well, the building is located at 405 Lexington Avenue in Midtown between 42nd and 43rd Street. It's 77. It's seven seven floors tall, mm-hmm. stretching up uh, one thousand forty six feet. It's the, it was the tallest building in the world there briefly. The architect was William Van Allen. Lots more about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. And it was built for the architecture fans out there on an H plan, if you can visualize that, with setbacks on the sixteenth, twenty third, and thirtieth floors. The main tower rises sixty eight floors. And there was briefly an observation deck up top. Uh, the 32 f- elevators inside to whisk <laughs> workers and visitors up and down at breakneck speeds. They were, yeah, they were at the time what, some of the fastest elevators ever built. So More I about that later. Least. And they were. It was, the building is crowned with a 185-foot spire uh, that's topping off that silvery sun, sunburst yes. peak that, that is so part of our skyline. So,
1: I mean, it's just... You, you look at a building like that, it almost just looks otherworldly, like mythic. And you wonder, mm. I mean, how did something like this sort of come to be? Like, just to sort of set the stage of the building of, of this. Well, uh, how
0: was it even possible at the time?
1: Well, you know, I mean, the skyscraper boom sort of happened because of two kind of major things that happened in the 19th century. So in 1853, was the, the the concept of the elevator Was actually existed or where you they could sort of safely go up and down without it crashing and falling. And then uh, a few years later in the 1880s in Chicago, a sort of the new style of of constructing buildings, what they called the cage design. If you can just sort of imagine like steel girders, you know how you Mm. see them in pictures. Or you of, see a building being built. Yeah, the where it just looks like blocks on top of each other. That, that developed in the 1880s. So that sort of set the stage for sort of skyscrapers to be
0: built. In because the suddenly States. buildings could go up much higher.
1: Yes, and so all it really needed was a, a match to sort of ignite the whole thing. And that happened in 1886 with the Eiffel Tower uh-huh. in France. Now, of course, this isn't a building where people live, but it was the tallest structure in the world at the time the building of the Eiffel Tower actually egged on all these very prosperous Americans, and New Yorkers in particular being the largest city, who wanted to build something big of their own, just in this ever-eternal, and now at this point, growing race to build mm. Tall buildings
0: and buildings were setting new records, like you mm-hmm. said. I mean, in 1913, notably, the Woolworth Building went up, which is right down by mm-hmm. City Hall, and that was the tallest actually for 17 years. Others would would approach it, but it was—it's a big building. It was called right. the Cathedral of Commerce mm-hmm. because it was a cathedral. I mean, in its traditional sort of Gothic style. Uh, But at the same time, it was a skyscraper. Mm -hmm. The municipal building then went up just on the other side of City Hall um, the same year, designed by McKim, Mead, and White. And that was more traditional, you know, with the neoclassical style. In 1916, however, something notable happened in the city. And it was the passage of the setback laws. Uh-huh, with the
1: wedding, uh wedding, creating basically the wedding cake style of buildings, correct?
0: Right, and the law basically dictated that New York buildings must be set back in proportion uh, to their height to allow enough light and air to hit the streets. So this really, this affected the design, you know, as you would shoot up, the buildings then had to go in.
1: And you, it just, you see so many buildings like that now and to think that it all just basically because of a law in 1916.
0: Well, you can also think that if that law hadn't passed, I mean, imagine how dark those streets could be, especially around Midtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be really right. claustrophobic. Uh, and the buildings kept going. In 1924, notably, the American Radiator Building was built in a gothic style, but it was black and right. it had gold ornamentation. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was a great example, though certainly not the last example, of sort of Art Deco hitting, right. hitting the, the scene, hitting the New York skyscraper scene. Just really briefly, because it really does pertain to the Chrysler Building. Chrysler Building is a classic, almost iconic example of what Art Deco is. Essentially, it's the actual name of it, or at least what they called it back then, was the Style Moderne. Mm-hmm. It was because it was, it was French, and actually it was attributed mostly to French style for much of the beginning of the century. It, the word art deco didn't come into play until like the 60s. Oh. Anyway, the whole philosophy behind it, and just if you look at anything, just anything that's art deco, you can clear, like, kind of pull this apart. It's sort of a mixture of uh, you know, machine-age, sleek, glossy... Uh, opulent, lavish kind of like silvery uh sleekness mixed with imagery, iconography from like ancient cultures like Aztec and Egyptian, and what they do is do like repeating patterns and include all these sort of like cubist sort of influences right. and so this is just sort of like a philosophy that would be imprinted on anything from like furniture. To buildings, to films like Metropolis is considered an Art Deco film. Sure. To cars, to everything. As a matter of fact, in the 30s, Chrysler would be a standard bearer for cars that would be considered in the Art Deco style. Now, I mention him because he is one of the stars of our story, Walter Chrysler.
0: Our dear Walt. Yeah, I mean he was in pioneer obviously in the automobile but as far back as 1912 i mean he was a young guy he was a machinist and he really learned the trade and went to work at buick by 1922 he had his own company so this coincided really with the explosion of the automobile Mm -hmm. obviously like at this point in the early 20s there were suddenly millions of these cars on the road and by 1927 he was so successful that he was looking to build his own headquarters in New York City, which was unusual, I have to add, because, oh. I mean, who else was building a headquarter in New York? They they, were, Detroit, right? Yeah, people were building their headquarters in Detroit. On April 19th, 1995, a federal building in Oklahoma City was
1: destroyed in a domestic terrorist attack. Just days after the bombing, America discovered the perpetrator was right-wing extremist Timothy McVeigh, whose mindset and values
0: So he was looking to build in New York City, and he wanted to big build something big and bold and the reflected right. what he referred to as the automobile age.
1: Well, he wanted this a status symbol that would l- promote his brand. He literally wanted a tall advertisement that you would walk down the street, and you'd look up and go, hmm, I think I want a car. I think I want a Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what he wanted, and he wanted the publicity – of building this and then building the tallest. Right. So,
0: well, imagine, I mean, building the tallest building that would have your name on it and promote your product. So who
1: did he hire? Well, the architect, which you mentioned earlier, his name is William Van Allen. Allen, A-L-E-N. I keep wanting to say William Van Halen. But <laughs> Eddie Van Halen? <laughs> Eddie, but I don't think he knows how to build buildings. <laughs> William Van Allen, A-L-E-N, is actually uh, his name. He was actually a native New Yorker who was born in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, he went to Pratt for his degree and... To the Ecos des Beaux Arts. Close. I, I, I had to write that down phonetically because my French is awful. Anyway, but he came back uh, to the United States and got a job in a couple architectural firms. He just had this philosophy of just being completely modern. He has this quote, in fact, that says No new stuff for me, no bestial copings of arches and columns and cornices. Me, I'm new. Avanti. 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 So, you know, so this is gri- the right person for Chrysler to hire. Mm. Now, on top of having to compete with all these other skyscrapers that are coming up, because he is, of course, in the race to build the skys- skyscraper, um, he's also competing with. A former rival. H. Craig Severance was, a, was in a, f- a firm with him. They were actually partners in a firm, right? and then for whatever reason broke, uh, broke off, but they were not friends. He was down at 40 Wall Street which was also called the Manhattan Company Building. He was also trying to build the tallest building, and it was happening at the very same time. So
0: these two rivals are competing to build the city's, no, the world's tallest building. Absolutely, concurrently, we're talking 1929. These buildings are both going up. Did they know how tall each other's building was going
1: to be? Well, then Allen actually had announced that the Chrysler Building was going to be 925 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Severance didn't announce his, how, long, how tall it was going to be. So when he actually did build it, it was, oh, what a surprise, 927 feet tall. <laughs> Just 24 inches taller. In the Chrysler building. But, you know, hold your horses because Van Allen does have the last laugh. Mm. But anyway, let's get to the actual construction of the Chrysler building because it has a lot of unique features that make it really special today.
0: Well, and the actual construction was pretty efficient and it was very safe and a lot of this was because of technological innovations that were happening at the time. You know, they actually said a lot of it was due to the telephone system that was in place. Hmm. They were using telephones to call down to the right foreman, you know, in, the, in charge of a certain construction team, saying that your supplies are in or whatever. So they were moving supplies very efficiently right up. Via the telephone, which was
1: really—I don't even think about those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm sure it made things much quicker. Like, I mean, supposed to like shouting at people down like five floors or something with like five floors or fifty. I mean, it was yeah. (laughs) I mean,
0: this was a this was a new era, and and construction progressed very quickly. Mm -hmm. They were actually completing, if you can imagine it, four floors a week. I mean, that is that is really fast, or basically about as long as it takes to make a Starbucks
1: today. (laughs) (laughs) What a coffee. now this you know the store anyway. So anyway yeah, they gotcha. very fast, very fast.
0: Yeah. So what? Well, so what actually made it different? You know, when it opened, it was it, it was a stunner. Let's just say, I'm, among other things, it used a special kind of steel in the top, and you see, still see this steel today called nerosta steel, imported from Germany. Uh, it was used for the tower, the glistening tower, sunburst that tower. polished, shiny silver, yeah. Silvery. Right, it's got yeah. that special something. It's just hard when you look at it, mm. yes. <laughs> and it, it was also used on the gargoyles that were on the on the side. And by the
1: way, really quickly, about those gargoyles, when you walk around, when you just look up, you don't really quite n- realize what it is. But mm. In fact, those are like car ornaments like it's it's hubcaps right and
0: it's the radiator caps
1: yeah yes the gargoyles are actually little eagles that were actually used on on the chrysler cars at that time so
0: well everything was a reflection of the whole mm -hmm. you know automobile age it was as you said before i mean it was it was an advertisement, right. you know. These weren't stone sculptured gargoyles. This was an ad for Chrysler.
1: And it's almost like they t- even took it to like the next level. Like for instance, the elevators were like the fastest at the time. Almost like they had to even make the elevators fast, <laughs> like the cars. Well, they
0: actually had to slow the elevators down because the elevators could go one. Th- wait, I have this friend One thousand two hundred feet a minute. And the the city had to actually enforce their law, saying, "I'm sorry, but these can't go any faster than 700 feet." Well, people's
1: like hats would
0: fly off and things, right? I mean, I don't, I I don't know what would happen.
1: But I mean, so and just of course, like their cars, they had this very specific heating system throughout the building, where I guess they had like in certain sectors, which I guess was sort of completely new at the time, where you could like heat the top four floors but not heat the the bottom, just sort of like a car when you heat the front of it, not the back of it and
0: that had never been done before. I mean, the the way that Chrysler thought of it was actually like a city that was inside a building, you know, which was yeah. something that had never really been conceived of before and he said Um, I'm reading from a promotional brochure where the man himself is quoted saying, here is a city within a city, a community with its Schrafft's restaurant and its terminal barbershop, its stores and beauty parlor, its two gymnasiums and its two emergency hospitals for men and for women, <sighs> promoting their emergency. But so
1: yeah, this is. a I mean, this is the building in the future. The is which he is, f- which he is yeah. building.
0: Rockefeller would actually show him up a couple years later with Rockefeller Center because for oh, him right. the the idea was a cluster of buildings becoming actually like the heart of community. But for the time being, the community was inside one building, the mm-hmm. Chrysler Building on Forty Second Street.
1: Well, so he got showed up a couple years later by. Rockefeller, but he was getting shown up at the time by severance who actually finished his building first so 40 wall street severance the rival of van allen mm. had finished the building and had actually was having a premature victory party the interiors of the building were not weren't even finished the newspaper the new york world came and actually the headline the next day said the world's tallest building raises the stars and stripes to the new york heavens so he won he was the winner didn't he win because, did he? Well, because why the Chrysler did we never building, hear about this building? The Chrysler yeah. building wasn't it was two feet smaller, right? Right. There was a little surprise up Van Allen. literally a car tucked. He had in his something up his sleeve for what he had built inside the building. Like so you know, it was supposed to everyone thought it was going to uh, you know top out at a certain height. There was a end this, at
0: the top of that cone at the top of the tower.
1: Yes. Well there's this twenty-seven ton steel. Tip, the very top? Right, the spire. Had not, was a surprise. No one knew about it. It was actually put together inside the building, and then in the course of 90 minutes, was hoisted to the top of the building and then placed on top of it. How big was this thing? 186 feet. So basically, the building grew 186 feet in 90 minutes. Whoa. In that time- That's like two feet a minute. <laughs> It beat Forty Wall Street, and as a matter of fact, no one actually realized that it, they had beat Forty Wall Street for at least four days. So at least for four days, they, you know, Severance got to hold the record. And then, of course, when he found out, I'm sure he was crestfallen. But
0: oh, that's incredible. Whatever happened then to our our friend Van Allen? Well. You think that he would become
1: the super celebrity, right? Well, well he un- has to me and well, to our dear of listeners. But unfortunately, w- William Chrysler just didn't pay him the rest of his commission. Uh, he, he accused him of r- taking bribes from some of the contractors and so refused payment. And Wait. so he didn't get any he didn't get any money.
0: Had he it. taken bribes?
1: Um, no. He so- didn't. It was it was just it was all hearsay and rumors, so he never got paid.
0: Well that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not fair and you know because of it he that's couldn't a get, depressing story well it gets better he couldn't get any more commissions mm. and he died basically of uh, an unknown he didn't even have an obituary in the new york times the architect of the second tallest building in new york city and one of the maybe the most beloved didn't get an obituary that's what happened to him wow
0: i guess now we know the rest of the story
1: so, uh, just to really quickly to tell you a couple more features of the building. Inside of the building, they had an observation deck for a year. But the observation deck was taken when the Chrysler Building kind of lost its tallest building to statue.
0: the Empire State Building, which opened the exact same year in 1930. Mm-hmm. Just a few, just a few months later. Yeah, so today.
1: it didn't hold the title for very long. So they took, away, they quietly took away the observation deck because they're like, oh, we're not the tallest building. They and, had a beautiful a place called the Cloud Room, which actually was open for several d- decades until the 70s, I think, which was a lounge and everything, but was also a notorious speakeasy mm-hmm. during Prohibition. And Good times They even had uh, little lockers for the rich people to put their hooch Just in case there was a police raid Because well,
0: those police could get to the top pretty quickly
1: <laughs> <they> could, Exactly, <laughs> as we know And of course, Walter Chrysler had a lavish apartment there But what Walter Chrysler did not have Is the headquarters of the Chrysler Corporation. It never ended up in the building. Oh well, how long was he in the building? Well, he he ended up selling it in the in the fifties and to various people, and so to where we are today.
0: Right, where anybody could actually rent an office space in the in the building. Right, but that that brings us to our question then, because the Empire State, State Building took over the torch as the city and the world's tallest building in 1930. Which building is really more beloved? I know that we said that. It's the Chrysler Building, because that's, of course, the object of tonight's <laughs> of podcast. So we're going to say that now. <laughs> right. And then we're going to turn on the Chrysler <laughs> Building the second we do the amazing Empire State. But, I mean, it does seem like many of the critics agree that the Empire State Building was was purely driven to be simply the tallest. It wasn't done with the same grace, the same, I don't know, artistic flavor and right. flair. And it seems that the critics side with the Chrysler Building. Well.
1: Then I must be a critic because I side with the Chrysler building. No, I mean, the, look, the Empire State Building is actually a beautiful, iconic Art Deco building as well. It, what, we don't have to pick them because we live here. We can just have them both. Oh. And one really quick thing before we go, we forgot to mention, in fact, the interior of the lobby, which is actually a very beautiful, and when you come visit it, you should just. Peruse it. You can walk in during business hours
0: um, because we should mention that you can't actually go up to the top since the observation deck is closed. But you can walk into the lobby. Yeah, it
1: is all, all office build. It's all office space right now. But the lobby is gorgeous. It has all this beautiful African marble. Gorgeous mural by Tr- Trumbull. What's his? I can't remember his first name. Trumbull did the mural on uh, the ceiling and b- beautiful old wooden floors. I mean, it's just it's absolutely gorgeous. It's it's really every. It's dripping with sort of like Art Deco glamour. So hmm. just if you are around it, just pop in and give
0: it a look. So thank you for joining us. I mean, this we I think we've really delved <laughs> into the Chrysler building. We've scrubbed it almost like I scoured it. So thank what? you for joining us. Yes. And please remember to join us online at BoweryBoysPodcast.com. Greg does a fabulous job of updating oh, the blog you. every single day with another fascinating story of things that are Well, relevant to events in the city. You had a great piece on Brooke Astor. Oh, last yeah. week that was wonderful and
1: speaking of our deco jazz age uh, I did a piece in the New York, our New York nightlife section on Texas Guinan who was a l- notorious prohibition saloon owner so all that kind of stuff tie, ties into our podcast too So
0: and there you can also find our email addresses and you can send us emails suggestions, comments, corrections uh, we really appreciate getting the emails. Thanks for listening and have a great New York week whether you live here or not see you next
1: week